We are Daniel and Vicki Hagedorn for Preparing Kids for Life at PK4L.com, and our podcast is for all things parenting. This is day 34 of our 365-day journey with you. You know, my wife and I, we are so passionate about helping parents reclaim their rightful place as the number one expert on their own kids. So our podcast focuses on the time-tested principles that any parent can learn and apply to build an emotionally safe home and to help their children thrive. So we talk about every parent's most basic fears because they used to be our fears too. Things like, I don't have what it takes to be a good parent or I'm not qualified or I'm gonna mess my kids up. Because you know, as parents, we'll do anything to help our kids. And since our ceiling is our children's floor, we owe it to them to always be learning and growing. So for the next 365 days, you have been invited into our experiment. We are committed to walking alongside your journey as your personal outfitters, guides, and allies every day, every step of the way. So our podcast, we're going we're gonna to actually dig into the second of a three-part conversation and, and we're going to continue to explore what it means to be our children's gatekeeper and what that has to do with creating a safe environment they will thrive in. And one of the things we talked about in the previous podcast uh, about all this was just this idea that as, as parents, it all starts with us. Um, it would be nice if there were some supplement that uh, you could buy on Amazon that would turn you into a good parent, it would be great if our children came with an easy to read instruction manual, but none of those things are a reality. So, right. um, so what, we, what we do wanna do though is, is just sort of take the things that we've learned, things that we've researched, experiences we've had, and failures that we've had um, you know, it's funny, I used to tell my, I taught history for 14 years, high school, and one of the things I would always tell my students about history was, you know, wouldn't you rather learn from someone else's mistake than your own? Yeah. You know? And unfortunately, we tend to learn more from our mistakes, but amen, you know, that's that's just the way it goes. But but our, our intention behind this and in, 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 in dealing with this in particular, but really all of the episodes we've done up to this point is is really getting you to embrace this idea that you are, in fact, the number one expert on your own children, that you are an expert on your own kids because no one loves them more than you do, because no one is more committed to your success than, than, they, than you are. And so because God is all-powerful and could have given them to any parent he wanted, he gave them to you. And so he believes in you. And the question is, do you believe in you? And so that's kind of what we're, I mean, you know, to really clear away all the stuff, that's really honestly the core of what we're trying to explore here and deal with. Because, you know, whatever we don't deal with in our own lives, our children deal with for yeah. better or worse. And so the, the, Honestly, what, what everything boils down to is it boils down to us being safe, secure people who create safe, secure environments in which our children can thrive. And the only way to become a safe and secure person, parent, is to really deal with your stuff, to deal with it and to own it because you can't change what you don't own. 
right? Yeah. And so we're really kind of talking about this this <clears throat> process from, I know it may not always be the easiest way, but but frankly, it's the only way. You know, we're, we're not going to, we're not going to stumble across some secret treasure trove of wisdom that unlocks the secrets of parenting that no one has known up to this point, right? It's that's just isn't isn't <laughs> isn't something that's going to happen. As nice as that may sound, it's going to be us being committed to working on ourselves, being um, who God really made us to be as men and women, and then who God made us to be as parents. That's what's going to help us prepare our children truly for life as safe, secure individuals who absolutely thrive in this life. So here's our second our second episode uh, on this topic uh, about safe parents, creating safe environments. And uh, I want to turn this uh, over to my wife. I, again, I, I love uh, the amount of wisdom she brings to this because uh, she's had such vast experience, right? Looking at the the, the brokenness that you know, sometimes, sometimes the, the negative actually creates the positive, right? You see the, the brokenness that happens from parenting and, and it inspires you to not just learn from that, but also then to want to show other people what they can do to avoid that brokenness, right? And so um, I just want to kind of turn this over to her expertise. Thank you. Thank you, honey. Well, we talked last in the last podcast about how secure parents create safe environments. And what we're doing in our homes with our kids is we're literally wiring our children's brains for relationships. And we're going to do that. We're wiring them now for how they're going to be in their relationships as they get older and as they get married and become parents. Um, everything that we do has a generational effect. And we know that even what we are, we've been affected by the generations that have gone before us. Right. And I love how we talk a lot about how we want our floor to be our parents, our, our kids' ceiling. No, our ceiling our is ceiling our kids' floor. Our ceiling is there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that makes so much sense because we really want them to be able to step from where where we've gone and and just go way way more way further way higher right okay so how do we how do we do this um we 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 ended the podcast last time by saying that inadvertently quietly without words our kids are asking am i worthy of love and i think that's humanity's question really that we, we try to find out if we're worthy of love in so many ways. And we know that our relationships, are, as women, our relationships with our dads really affect the way that we view ourselves and how we search for love out there um, and, and, and with our moms as well. But these questions are being answered from the moment our children are born and they're based on our, their experiences with us as parents. We go into this so much in grief recovery, how we learned how to process through hard things by the home that we grew up in and how our kids experience the answers, form their core beliefs, and the way that they form those is by their experiences. We can say whatever we want. You can even, you know, teach kids that God is good all the time, but their experiences and losses in life unless we help them process that, they're not really going to believe that or trust yeah. that. 
because it doesn't seem like, well, what God allows bad things to happen. Right. To good people, especially, or to anyone. So what their experience is going to speak louder. We know that from our own experiences. When something happens in our life that's sad, that's traumatic, that's hard, our first reaction is going to be how we've been wired. Oh, these things happen all the time. Good things happen for other people, but not for me. Those are all those negative thoughts that we have that kind of run the way that we view life. And it's really important to see how can we heal from those things so that we can give our kids a different experience. I think it ties in a lot to what you what you share about even the myths of grief. Yeah. And, and so there's kind of like the myths of how life is supposed to work, the myths of who God is, the myths of what we're supposed to be like, the myths of what others are supposed to be like. And it's like we live in, we, we believe this sort of mythology uh, that just frankly isn't true. And and then it it feels true though. Absolutely. And that's what makes it hard is yes. it feels really true, but it isn't true. And and that's that that's where the mindset comes in. I love what you shared about the wiring. You know, I've had an opportunity to work quite a bit uh, with special needs kids and worked at Brain Balance for a bit as program director there. And I've, I've learned a lot about the, the brain and how it works. Um, amazing, like Caroline Leaf has been doing this for 30 years. It's it's amazing, there the, the science in this and how brains get wired and how beliefs get literally hardwired into our brains. And when something is hardwired, I mean, it's it's really quite unbelievable what we believe you know yeah um and 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 so there's a there's a truth to it because it feels emotionally true right even though it's factually false and that's a hard thing that's a hard thing to wrestle with and that's why i think so much of uh, you know what we focus on what so much of what we talk about is really about a mindset it's right. not about a five-step plan to x y or z it's 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 mindset because the mindset is everything and the mindset is built around our beliefs and our beliefs come for the hardwiring that we get growing up as a child. You mentioned on the last podcast, you know, 30% of what we believe is true about God, ourselves, other people, how life works is in place by the time we're five years old. Yeah. By the time somebody's graduating from high school, 95% of what they believe about those things is hardwired in for better or worse. Right. So it's just, it's one of those things that it gives, if we realize that, if we understand that, then it gives us the opportunity, the golden opportunity to deal with our stuff, to step into it, to own it. This is not judgment. This is not shame. This is none of those things. This is just like, this is where I am. Amen. Great. Cool. And God's like, and I love you where you're at. I'm going to help you get to where I made you to be. Right. And that's, that's the rest of the process. And so it's, it's really actually a pretty encouraging, amazing thing to be in. Yeah, and it's interesting because research literally shows that the more a parent coherently understands their own story, the more that they've kind of worked through these things, yeah. the more secure they are. And this literally means that as we deal with our own stuff, the more we are wired to display self-control. Yeah. And it's so important that we cannot expect our kids to have self-control if we don't. 
And mm. I'm I'm talking about there's many areas, right? But I'm talking about emotional self-control. That we have the ability to respond in ways that are healthy and helpful. You know, maybe I think like as soon as you said that, it made me immediately think of um, you know, I, I would uh get frustrated oftentimes and I would show my frustration mm. immediately and I was kind of living in a in a, a state of frustration and so if there was even the smallest thing that didn't go right or or whatever then it would it, it would kind of create a reaction and a response in me and I remember seeing this in Landry and I remember going where in the world is she getting I mean I can't believe she's just like I am mm. oh that's always a fun moment as a parent when yeah. you realize it's something in your child that that needs to be corrected that needs to be trained out of them and you know and and then you realize exactly where it came from in the first place and you're looking in the mirror you know yeah uh, it's you you know and so the but the cool thing about that is then and what I've started to do is if I find myself getting triggered like that or if I find myself slipping it that's a good sign of oh that's something I need to you know God and I need to have a conversation about we need to deal with that because if I don't deal with it my daughter is going to right and and so it's um but it's a it's a good thing I remember that oh that was a that was a tough pill to swallow yeah and it's it's just it's very interesting what we're gonna jump in and um, there's some things that I wanted to share with you guys, um, how important it is that we create this safe environment. And like Dan was saying, um, we'll see that in our kids all the time by their reactions. Um, but it's, it's so important to understand the complexity of how a safe environment actually wires the brain so that we can be there when our kids are going through scared, stressed, or unsafe moments. Mm. Because when our kids aren't feeling safe, they will do what they can to regain a feeling of security. And isn't that what we do? We do whatever we can to regain a sense of security. When kids are safe, they have a foundational setting from which they are free to explore the world around them and engage others in healthy ways. And it starts when they're little. It does. It starts when they're little and it goes all the way through helping. I Recently, I was talking to my daughter about a conversation that she needed to have with um, a, just a friend. You know, that something happened and her feelings got hurt. And it's so scary to step out and be honest, um, to go to that person and say, hey, this happened there's so much fear about it and she literally had a stomach ache <laughs> and I know because when we have when we have to have a confrontive conversation with someone we will feel it in our body because things that are unresolved it's energy when we have feelings around it and it and it brings up all kinds of things like oh is this person you know how are they going to react to this but we've got to train our kids in how to express these things and the best way we can train them is by being safe people for them to express it to us. When we are able to not react, and that's that's the important thing, um, how well do we do when our kids are going through something? How well do you do? Like, think about this scenario. 
If you have a three-year-old and they throw a nasty screaming and yelling fit because you took your phone away from her, what's your reaction to that? When you catch your 10-year-old lying to you and you find out later the, the bigger story, or when you find your 16-year-old in their room crying because they're being bullied, like how do you react to these things? And what you'll find is in most situations, we are triggered by something in our own past and in our own life. Because practically speaking, parents who are secure and are more mindful and reflective in their own lives are able to see their child's mind clearly and respond and not react to their emotional meltdowns. What does that look like? When we are easily triggered and we easily react it is a low level of leadership yeah. and it's so easy to do it's so yep. easy to react when our kids are acting out and what happens is when we are reactionary we are not able to be present for our kids because if our kids are are melting down there's something going on there's something under the surface of that and it's critical that we're safe for them. And the more secure we are in our own story, the more sensitive we can be to our children's signals for love, affection, and attention. And we can respond appropriately to them in love because we're not being triggered by what's happening. And I know that that's a general thing. And we're going to talk more about how do we do that because it's important that we, we figure out how, how do we not react it's very, very difficult. It's challenging yeah. to not react. But this is interesting. We're going to talk a little bit. Dan brought up the brain and how it is. And this is a quick little thing. I love this. Um, so the brain goes, let's see, um, in four ways. It, right? It grows from the bottom to the top. Mm -hmm. And then it goes from the right to the left. And we're gonna, I'm going to just share a little bit about how the bottom starts first. The bottom of our part of our brain is positioned at the back of our head, kind of where the spinal cord meets. Mm -hmm. It's the part of the brain known as the fight or flight. And when we're faced with real or perceived danger, our brains automatically tell us to fight against this or to run, right? It's fight or flight. This is instinct and impulse, and these reactions are considered low levels of functioning. They're primary they're, they're what, like how the brain begins. This is, if you fly off the handle, like Dan was talking about, generally speaking, that's where this is coming from, that part of the brain. When you see a two or three-year-old having a temper tantrum melting down, it's from this part of the brain. The top part of the brain is higher level of functioning. That's where, um, it's like right behind your eyes, right? So that's what we're going to, what we're looking at is building this part in our kids. And this includes problem solving, behavioral control, emotional regulation, social skills, cognitive flexibility, and language processing. These functions grow the best in a safe environment when our kids feel safe. So as we are being safe for our kids... It, we're helping them build their brain from the bottom 
to the top because what we're doing is we're helping them learn how to handle anger, frustration, and, and being scared or afraid while maintaining behavioral control, teaching them how to do those things. And this is interesting too because the brain grows also from the right to the left and Dan goes into this a lot in his, um, which we're going to be doing in the next month or so, delving into the, yeah. um, into the, um, the special needs, yeah, stuff that he has. But it's so interesting to see that the right side of the brain is our experiential, emotional brain, and it's the part of the brain that experiences and live it lives in the here and now. It's about your experiences. And the left side of the brain is the analytical and the processing side. And why it's important that we write down our stories, that we in, that we give our, our kids safe places for them to talk about them is because our left brain puts languages to the events of our right brain. And it's, as adults, these are the events that take place in our childhood that we never made sense of and we need to speak them out loud. That's how we process them. It's so important that we do that. And if you haven't done any kind of work on your childhood, on the way that you were brought up, how you learned how to process through hard things, I really recommend that you do. <laughs> I yeah. recommend that you find uh, we're in Austin and we do grief recovery classes all the time. Um, grief recovery, the grief recovery method is, I believe the best thing out there for helping people, adults learn how to process through grief and loss and grief and loss is not just death or divorce. Those two are huge and it's a big part of it, but it's really about processing any kind of loss, disappointment, um, sadness, everything from being bullied to being abused to being neglected um, and, and trauma of death and loss. And if, because if you don't know how to process your own, you cannot teach your kids how to process theirs. Yeah. It's, it's like if, if you never, um, took a math class you're not going to be able to teach your kids trigonometry, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I think that like what you're, what you're sharing, I think is so, is so key because, you know, um, so often, we just we just kind of we just go with what we know because what else do we know but what we know right? So if we haven't gone through the process like grief recovery, like you know we've shared before many times on our podcast the the level of insecurity, the level of doubt, the level of fear, the level of anxiety that we had about being parents. You know we we looked at our own childhoods. And, and our, our, we recognize that, yes, our parents did the best they could with what they knew, but they also left a lot of damage behind. And so we don't know what, you know, really awesome parenting looks like from them. Um, we can feel grateful for what they did, but we don't know what it looks like. And, and so then you're bringing that into this situation, and then now you're confronted with, wow, I have this totally innocent, pure human being that we've brought into the world and how are we going to help them become everything God intended them to be? And it's a pretty daunting question. And and as we've gone through this process, we figured out, wow, we have to deal with ourselves. The only answer is 
dealing with ourselves and letting God heal those spaces so that we can step in, be present, be engaged, and help our daughter discover and live out her own story, right? So that's why this, this process is so key in, with grief recovery and, and doing that. And I, I could not agree more with my wife about this. I, that, that has been the process that really helped me, I believe, step into the man God meant me to be, to step into the, the husband God meant me to be, meant me to, be to, to step into the father God meant me to be. Because um, without this process of healing those wounds and, and getting past that, I would just be repeating the mistakes that I'd already learned. I'd be in default mode instead of intentional mode. Right. And you know, God only knows where my daughter would, would be at this point. Yeah, and I think that kind of to end this one, I wanted to end with this um, for you to think about. Essentially, the sign of a healthy brain, a healthy mind, right? A sound mind, which I love. 2 Peter 1.7 says, God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Some versions say self-control. Um, but a sign of a sound mind is when we're able to verbalize what we're feeling and why we're feeling that way in a given situation. Now that seems simple, but it is not. I know that for me, for most of my life growing up in a codependent home, I was so well trained to respond to how I thought people wanted me to, to be, what I thought they wanted me to say, all of those things. And I remember early on, Dan would ask me, you know, well, how do you feel about that? And I literally, it would take me a couple days to just even connect to what I was truly feeling about something. And think of this, a sign of a healthy mind is when we're able to verbalize what we're feeling and why we're feeling that way in any given situation. So let me ask you this. We talked about some scenarios a few minutes ago of different things our kids go through. When our kids come to us, when your kids come to you with a situation and maybe they're crying, maybe you think in your heart they're overreacting because they're acting differently than you, are you a safe place for them to process that? Are you teaching them that they can connect to what they're feeling and why? Are they able to share with you what they're feeling without you telling them that they shouldn't be feeling it, that they need to go to their room if they're going to cry? That they need to pull themselves together. but Or can you go alongside them and give them a safe place to process? Ask them open-ended questions to help them to connect to that. You're training them to be able to connect to their feelings. And if you know what I mean by when someone asks you what you're feeling and you're not able to connect to that right away, it was trained into you. You mm. weren't given a safe place to process. It's so important at the end of the day that we give ourselves, whether it's at the dinner table, whether it's as you're laying them down and have, saying goodnight, allow them to express what's, what happened in their day. Talk about their favorite moments, their not-so-favorite moments. Asking them, processing that with them. This is how you develop protection and safety in your home is that your kids know that they can come to you and express, express whatever they're feeling, happy, sad, good or bad, 
and that they're going to be heard without judgment, but they're going to be guided, right? They're going to be guided into how to process. Mm. It's so, so important. And I thought that that would be a good thing to end this podcast on. We're going to dig in a little more in the next podcast, but clearly there's a lot to this topic. Yes. <laughs> but I just a lot more than to, three, yeah, really. And I just wanted to leave it on that to think about when you're feeling stuff, can you connect to it right away? Does it take you hours or maybe even days to go, wow, I wish I would have said this? Because that's what we're trying to change and help our kids to learn how to do, to learn yeah. how to process. Yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. We know there are literally hundreds and thousands of podcasts out there. You chose to give us the most precious thing you have, which is your time. We're so grateful for that. Definitely check out our website, pk4l.com, for more resources. And please click on the link in the show description if you haven't already and download your free ebook, Building an Emotionally Safe Home, as our gift to you. Remember, we are with you every day, every step of the way. Till tomorrow, have a great day.